Hello, everybody. Welcome to Limited Run. My name is Richard. With me is Greg. Hello. And Johnny. I finally know what the name of the show is. Yeah, it, we definitely haven't discussed this multiple times prior to today. Man, the big reveal. I took th- I took things very... I'm Drax. You have to really walk me through this. <laughs> <laughs> Everything goes over your head, and you're just like, "What? <laughs> Impossible!" My reflexes. So, um, if you're listening to this, it is because you have decided to download a new podcast. Whether you are an old listener or entirely new, welcome to our show. We are glad to have you here. <laughs> and just as a heads up, if you are a new listener. Yes, we do have an unofficial fourth member of this podcast, and you may very well hear her intermittently through the show. And I regret nothing. Nope, not a thing. Because <laughs> you know what? Especially for this episode, I think it's going to be great because you're going to get kind of like the little bit of like the zombie ambience coming along with it. <laughs> yep. Just the... Uh, <laughs> so what is a limited run? Um, basically what we're going to do is we are going to look at, uh, one movie every week that is part of a run of movies that is either directly connected, um, like we're talking about doing the Equalizer trilogy at some point in the future, um, more loosely connected, we are doing the Cornetto trilogy here to start out, and if you don't know what that is, we will explain, um, or... It's only connected through, like, various happenstance, and we will get there on explaining how. <laughs> Some of the most random Easter eggs you've ever seen in your life. Or maybe you yes. haven't, and that's why you need us. Ta-da! We're, we're filling a need. <laughs> so we are starting off with uh, Shaun of the Dead here. Yeah. Uh, it is the first movie of the Cornetto trilogy. The Cornetto trilogy is uh, Edgar Wright... Simon Pegg and Nick Frost doing three movies together. Uh, the first movie, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, next week, we will be releasing the second movie, which is going to be um, Hot Fuzz, and then we will end with that World's End. Um, we're going to talk about the movie. We are going to talk about our reactions to the movie. Uh, we'll give it a rating. Um, and our rating isn't going to be... We're, we're, I'm not going to be like, that is a four and a half star movie. Because in the end, it's all subjective. So the question at the end of the movie is going to be, is this movie required viewing? So if you are listening to this and you have not seen it, should you go out right then and watch the movie? So we will be discussing that and we will definitely get to it. And um, yeah, so like I said, our first movie is Shaun of the Dead. Uh, It is starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Uh, It was released in 2004. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm just, I'm happy we started this this year because if I had to say it was 20 years old, I think I would just turn to dust and blow away. (laughs) Oh, I need Metamucil to record for the 20th anniversary of that next year. (laughs) Yeah. You're not already drinking Metamucil? No, I no, no. We're not going to get it. That's that's a depth of conversation. I don't think we're going to do on this episode. <laughs> Maybe another time, Greg. Maybe another time. And just to be clear, these are the wonderful things that you will hear about every week on Limited Run. 
<laughs> if if ADHD was unmedicated and had a podcast, you're listening to it. <laughs> uh, my ADHD is very unmedicated. I haven't been medicated <laughs> since high school. <laughs> oh man! All right. I, I just try my best to get it to work for me. I'm like, okay, hyper focus, hyper focus on this, hyper focus. All right. You know, my favorite thing is Red Bull and Adderall. Because then not only am I absolutely wound up, I am ready with the energy to do what I'm tunnel visioned on that day. My heart might explode. I don't know. But I also know my body's like, what do you actually want me to do? I'm getting some conflicting messaging right now. I'm super tired, but yet I feel like I run a mile. Yeah. My adrenal glands are about the size of a pea. They are gone. They don't exist. Fight or flight, I just lay down. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Um, yeah. So, we watched Shaun of the Dead. Uh, so, Shaun of the Dead is a it's a British movie set in the north of London. Uh, like I said before, from 2004. Um, and it is a zombie apocalypse movie. Um, basically is what would happen if one guy who they treated as being very old at the age of 29, uh, got, got stuck in a zombie apocalypse and had to try to save everybody ranging from his girlfriend and best friend to his mother and a couple of random people who are friends with his girlfriend. (laughs) Um, Gregory. Yes, sir. You have seen this movie many times. Yeah. What were your thoughts on rewatching Shaun of the Dead? Um, well, first I didn't realize that the trilogy was named after an ice cream. That was. Oh yeah. That you had completely oblivious to me. Isn't uh, that then, why it's called the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy as well? Yeah. Yes. I never knew it was called. I just knew it was a trilogy. I didn't hear the name mm. of it, but. Okay. Uh, it was it was kind of it was one of those things that kind of brings you back. It's one of those movies for me that just reminds me of you know of like October, kind of like Halloween type shows. Yep. So it's nice. It's like sixty degrees out today. The windows are open. It was just great to watch. Uh, <laughs> there's so many different things in that movie that just you as you watch it more and more times, you kind of learn more. So. As far, yeah. As far as like rewatching it for probably the first time in you know three or four years, you just when he's walking through, just kind of nuts, man. Just like, oh, not paying attention, seeing the different things as I flips through the as he flips through the channels. The and yeah, up. yeah, and we'll talk about the opening a little more here in a minute. But yeah, that's that's by far one of my favorite aspects of the of the movie. Um. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, it's it, to a certain extent, it's a bit of a time capsule, in that, like, I, I was working at consumer electronics retail at the time this movie came out, and boy howdy, um, them treating Simon <laughs> Pegg like he, uh, you know, was a loser idiot for working electronics. I, I remember watching this at the time and just being like, man, f you guys. <laughs> Um, 
but it's just it was i don't know like it, the whole thing just took me back like immediately um i i, I really enjoyed this um mm-hmm. the, the the movie has a a timeless quality to it while at the same time being very dated uh nick frost as his roommate is yelling at him uh gets out his tiny phone like i mean it's not even a motorola razor like it's one of the like truly tiny phones they were making at the time yeah and he he starts talking on it and and like the whole time just like jesus christ you would never see someone with that nowadays they had a lot of 99 cent ringtones in this film yeah and that's (laughs) that's not to mention the gaggle of tube tvs yeah yeah there's a lot of tvs that weigh about 50 pounds a piece in this film as well oh man oh a lot of them weigh a lot more than 50 pounds no, there wasn't a lot of big ones, though. They were just like, they were all reasonably sized, which <laughs> now your wall can be a TV. My, yeah. my. We yeah. didn't get flying cars. We just got a house that is four walls of television. And they all still weigh less than those tubes. <clears throat> yeah, this... Man, it... it's so funny because, like, I forgot how old this film was. Until you start watching it, and you're like, what are they wearing? Oh. <laughs> yep. Yep. This is this is not super far removed from Spice Girls era at this point. So, I mean, it is still pretty... Oh, man. Um... <laughs> I think the most alarming thing, and, like, I think the three of us probably have a different perspective on this... But man, Simon Pegg looked young in this. Oh God, yes. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm. Oh God, what was the last thing I think I saw him in? Probably Mission Impossible, or Star Trek. Yeah. I was thinking Star Trek. And, and then it was even this, and then forgetting that like this was a springboard for him to a lot of different films. Yeah. Like Run, Fat Boy, Run. Which yeah, I also haven't which... seen in, like, how long now. Now I'm like, oh, dude, I need to watch this. Because you know what would have helped him in this film? Running! Yeah, cardio. <laughs> uh, no, this was, this was pretty wild, man. I got, like, a small story about Nick Frost that we can get into a little bit later. But seeing the two of them in this right now, I just could not get over how young they looked. That was That was the part that just, like... I was just shaking my head, like, really disappointedly while I was watching this last night. I'm like, oh, God. If he looks old, oh, no. There there was too much too much self-reflection last night while we were watching this. Um... Yeah, so uh, this movie, like I said, came out in 2004. Um, which, at the time, Simon Pegg did have a few various um roles under his belt his biggest one at that point was probably in a british sci-fi comedy called spaced that was a television show um but this was really like his introduction to the hollywood side of things um he he booked doctor who the next year um he was in the reboot 
And then he joined uh, Mission Impossible 3 in 2006. Yeah. And then from there, he he booked a lot of stuff up to and including, you know, Run, Fat Boy, Run, How to Lose Friends and Alienate People, Star Trek as Scotty. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, this was really his, his like opening up of doing various things. <coughs> um, and, you know, some of those things are still going on. There's, there's consistently rumors of the Star Trek trilogy, not, yeah, I guess it's currently a trilogy, uh, getting a fourth installment. Um, there is continually, you know, Mission Impossible movies coming out. So there's there's a lot still happening uh, with Mr. Peck. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's let's open up and talk about it a little bit more here. Um, so our first category is, you know, you watch the movie and... We're going to do our best to not go super spoiler here because we know some of the movies that we do, not everyone's going to have seen. You know, how many people that are listening to this have watched a 20-year-old zombie movie? I don't know. But we're not going to spoil everything in it, so you have a few surprises. <laughs> um, so what worked? Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say the same thing that Greg already kind of mentioned. Uh, the entire opening sequence of the movie works incredibly well. You know, you have so many things that over the course of, the, of that little opening sequence, if Simon Pegg was paying just a tiny bit more attention, he would have realized what was happening an entire day earlier. You know, things that are happening just out of view or things that are happening a little to his left... But also at the same time showing that the part of the reason why he wasn't paying attention was because our society had already adopted a uh, zombie mindset staring at their phone, walking, uh, not just not paying attention. Which has been the running theme of every zombie film ever made. It is, yeah. it is quite literally a reflection of our status as a society. And it happens every time. Some of them aren't as always on the nose as this one was, or just like it's slapping you with a fish over and over. But yes, this one, <clears throat> I think the the way that they created each of the shots to be able to have the opportunity to go back over those same shots later in the film was really well done. Yeah. Uh, Greg, what's uh, what, what, what are your thoughts here, buddy? Yeah, well... <laughs> Those those shots, like as he goes through the first the first section and then the second the second part. I don't want to say specifics because I don't want to ruin different things. But there are so many different little pointers that the positioning of the camera when he's rotating around, it's when he's doing it, he's doing it for a very specific reason. And that's one of the res things I like about Edgar Wright as far as a as a as a director, is he thinks about those little little reasons. It makes you want to, you know, want to focus on those. It makes them a focal point for something that was in a, in a vacuum, a very bland opening, right? If you didn't do those little things, that opening would have been just like any other, but like a TV show. So I appreciate that he had those type of details locked down. And then he has those type of details all throughout the movie, if you're paying attention. 
Um, just uh, you know, real quick on that, uh, Edgar Wright uh, has become his own kind of pretty high end director. Uh, not going to say that he's like Christopher Nolan or anything, but he has directed quite a bit um, and gotten quite a bit of pub from it. Uh, you know, this was probably his first big movie. Like he had done things like the TV show we mentioned earlier, <laughs> Spaced, uh, and he'd done a lot of a lot of various TV shows at that point. Um, but Shaun of the Dead was again his big breakout, uh, and that led to him doing Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Um, and then that led to him doing Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Still his best. Uh, he also did baby driver, uh, the Sparks brothers. And just a couple of years ago, he did last night in Soho, which was pretty critically acclaimed. Yeah. And he was nominated for a BAFTA award for. I hadn't watched that one yet. Uh, I haven't either. It's on the list, but I heard it was a kind of a scary movie. Uh, I didn't hear that, but uh, I haven't seen it, so I can't say. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the uh, the uh, other thing that I, I love is they they peppered the movie with various callbacks that they would use over the course of it, both the beginning and the middle and the end. Uh, like Sean putting the red pen into his shirt and it exploding and everyone saying, you've got red on you. And then again, as the movie went on, uh, people pointing out that he had red on him from blood at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, they did a lot of really interesting and fun things with that. I, I, I enjoyed that, but I mean, it wasn't just that, like I said, it, they, they did so much with callbacks just to kind of show you where the world was at, both mm. pre-zombie apocalypse and during the zombie apocalypse and at the end of the movie. <laughs> I wonder if Edgar Wright is actually a wrestling fan because anytime show, someone shows up in white gear, you know that they're going to get color. Yeah. That is, that is, your, that is your spoiler. Um, okay, what... Didn't work. Um, for me, I don't really have anything in this category. Um, I think that the movie in general worked really well. Um, I'm not going to say that there isn't maybe something that could have been improved on, but honestly, I, I sat there watching it and nothing jumped out at me. And I, I realized that I would have to nitpick very heavily <clears throat> to come up with something that didn't work. The disrespect of throwing the Batman soundtrack on vinyl because <laughs> that was it's so weird to me because the batman soundtrack was mostly prince and then they had purple rain and they're like nah keep it <laughs> what yeah but there's a big difference between purple rain and bat dance <clears throat> the difference is how much i actually dance <clears throat> come on now you can't you can't you can't throw shade on prince like that that was that was disrespectful um Gregory. Yes, sir. You have anything in the uh, what didn't work category? Uh, I do not, but I think it's harder to do that on a movie that you really liked for so long. I mean, it's almost a 20-year-old movie, movie, and I still kind of watch it. So, 
Check back with us when we can do the At World's End movie for a whole lot in that category. Yeah. yeah this, that's going to be the whole yeah. category. This one is tough because, like, my only minor grievance, like, isn't even fair because we're talking about something that, as you just alluded to, is two decades old. Like, how... I, I, if we had done this, like, concurrently as it was a recent film, I think even then, uh, my only thing was the garden scene with the girl falling on the post and she stood up i was like oh that cg was not that was literally their whole cg budget by the way oh yeah, yeah. that was that was the only bit of cg in that whole film um well it kind of goes back to my whole thing with um honestly with cg in general yeah when we watched that at the time i'm sure we were like that's fantastic I, you can't even tell <laughs> But then you fast forward by five or ten years and you're just like, why does that look so bad? CG just in general largely does not age well. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, ahead, that was... I think that's probably my main. Um, my other one would have been... Oh, I'm trying to think of what was the scene. It was at the... The Winchester, when they pulled David through the window? Yeah. I was... Just, I, I know, I know, it's a zombie film, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I was like, it's weird because prior to this, they had kind of done a better job of alluding to some of the, like, goriest stuff. Or it was, like, in, yeah. the, in, in the shadows, you would see it. Like, the scene where they're drunk leaving the club, and they're like... And it's just, like, the zombie walking down the alley. Yeah. Or the woman chewing the guy's head off as they leave behind them. <laughs> right, this and then all of a sudden you have a man get ripped in half. Like, just getting eviscerated and garroted on screen. And if you go back and watch, I will say this, this caused me to pause and laugh a little bit. He broke character where I think someone did something because he, like, smiled and laughed very briefly as he was getting pulled apart. And I was like, oh, I've never noticed that until just now. Um, yeah, it's it's a it, for a movie that did a pretty damn good job of keeping it relatively tame. Um, it is a little out of place. Yeah, I just <clears throat> that was the only thing where I thought it was up until that point everything had just been like a little bit cheekier, and then that was just very very visceral, and it kind of just threw me off a little bit because I mean it was it was tongue in cheek it was kind of poking fun at like guys like Romero but like also honoring the genre that he literally created um yeah that's only that's that's all I got I mean that's really nitpicky and that's really me just looking for something because it is difficult this is a really well done film and I mean <clears throat> we can get into that in one of the next categories here, but there was a lot of, I'm probably going to go a little bit of a different direction with it, but there was a lot of good in this too. Okay. Um, so, you know, one of our questions, one of our categories is, do I need to watch something else first? And for this movie, the answer is pretty obviously no, unless you guys have a different opinion. I mean, do you think that you need to wa have an appreciation for the zombie genre to watch this? I think it'll help um, either way. Zombie-wise. Unless you're really someone who 
loves the subtle nuances of certain films to get an idea for like what some of the tropes are from zombie films that led to this. But otherwise, I think this is... <clears throat> I mean, we're going to do it. We're going to watch all three, but I don't think you need to watch anything before or after this. This is a film that just stands on its own and doesn't need much else. Okay, well, that brings me to the big question and we'll still talk a little more after this so don't just shut it off when we say yes or no uh is this movie required viewing yes yeah uh i also agree yes um this is it is a it's a movie that it it just works like open to close it works And, and maybe it'll have a little bit more of uh, an impact on you if you have a, a love for uh, this type of genre or if you are a little older and maybe you can look at like all the ambiance and stuff and be like, ha <laughs> vintage. But in, in general, um, this movie works and it, in my opinion, it should be required viewing for anyone who could be listening to this and hasn't seen it. That's fair. Yeah, that's. Um, I, I really don't have much else. I mean, like, if you haven't seen this, yes, I, I think this needs to be one. And <clears throat> the nice thing is that not very often on this new format are we going to be able to say this. I, I just don't think you need to watch anything else. Yeah. But you're going to because we have two more films that we need to cover beyond this. <laughs> Yeah, and, and if I'm being completely honest, one of those films I like more than this one. Oh, I already know which one that is. That's fine. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've pretty much said it already, but spoilers. Um, so, next week we will be covering Hot Fuzz, uh, the 2007 cop comedy starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Um, if you want to go ahead and you know just get a quick view in prior to us talking about it, you know, not a terrible idea. Um, there is a great app and I'm going to pimp it even though, you know, they don't pay us because, uh, we're brand new and don't have listeners yet. Uh, but there is a great app called just watch. Yeah. And just watch, you can go in there and type in any TV show or movie or whatever. And it will tell you if it's on a streaming service or how the cheapest way to rent it is or the cheapest way to buy it. Uh, and I'm going to tell you straight up. Hot Fuzz is on Peacock. It can also be rented in 4K for $3.99 or bought. Um, so. I know, and if you want to go back, Shaun of the Dead's also available on Hulu. Yeah, I, uh, it's on Hulu? I knew it was on Peacock. Yeah. When I go okay. through Google Chrome, it gives me the listing of where you can watch it. Uh, I had to laugh a tiny bit. Uh, so when Peacock finished playing it, it immediately started playing another movie called uh, Cockneys vs. Zombies. <laughs> that is what started playing for me last night. I was like, oh, maybe I don't need to watch this because it's already bad enough that the assumption is that every person from Britain sounds like they have a Cockney accent. Yeah. I, I, I just, I was doing something else and all of a sudden I looked up and there are these British people fighting zombies and I was like, I don't remember this part of the movie. 
Is this a a deleted scene? What is happening? What what exactly happened? And then I click pause like, this is really weird. Uh, So, uh, Greg. Yeah. Final thoughts? I think it's a great movie. I've always thought it was a great movie. I think people will enjoy it. So this isn't one that you had to have grow on you? No. I like this one from the jump. Okay. Very few movies I give a second or third chance. Like, I still haven't watched Joker all the way through. (sighs) Why? Do you you still, like, there was just no need to go that way. (laughs) He he, he wanted to hurt me specifically. Yeah, I was just giving Richard a little hell you do. Uh, Johnny, final thoughts? One thing I didn't get to touch on, the music use in this film is some of the best of almost any movie I have seen. And I don't mean in the sense of like music choice, just the way it was utilized. Between the Smiths, Panic in London playing during that opening sequence on the TV as he's going through and they're using the different clips from the different stations to indirectly explain what's happening and what's going on. And he just keeps ignoring it, but the message as he goes through the different channels is telling him what's happening um, to right down to Don't Stop Me Now at the pub where they, in sequence and to the rhythm of the song, are beating the bar owner with pool cues. Where it's the timing of it is just if if you go back and if you want to see a perfectly crafted scene and bit of cinema, the scene with the owner of the Winchester where they are beating him with the pool cues is as close to perfect as you are going to get in a lot of movies. Um, above and beyond that, obviously the rotating cast of characters where we can get into this a little bit, but they do have the same eight actors in each one of these films. That is by design. Um, I, I, I love this. This is in the vein. This was like the start of some of those more indirect, but kind of direct campy type of films for the horror genre. And I mean, then you got into stuff like Tucker and Dale versus evil kind of a similar film to this so this is great man this was this was kind of a trip for me i probably haven't seen this in about 10 years which was kind of nice for me to be able to go back and rewatch. and it's just being able to vividly remember scene by scene by scene as it's going on right down to the end with them playing my best friend by queen while he's in the shed it's uh it was a good time man it was a good time there's there's worse things you can do for this spooky season to watch Shaun of the Dead. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, enjoy watching Shaun of the Dead if you have not yet. Uh, and we will see you back here next week for Hot Fuzz. Have a good week, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Versus Pop. Oh, God, that's not what this is. Oh, we renamed as well? Yeah, remember we talked about it. We're we're called Limited Run now.
Oh, I <laughs> I just thought that was the theme. <laughs> nope, that's the name of the show now, baby. Oh my god. Uh, this is Awkward. very much in line with everything we have ever done in our lives with the show. Yeah, you, you mean where I'm like super clear about something and you're like, oh, you were serious? You used it two ways. You didn't use it as a name. You used it as what we were doing. I know. Isn't that smart? It's a double entendre without being sexual. Huh? I mean, a limited run could be. It has two meanings. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a limited run to me. <laughs> Rich is like, I already have to edit the shit out of this episode. Yeah, no, I've already, I, I've got the, I've got the blah in place, so I, we're just gonna, we're just gonna start again, and it'll be fine. Damn it. And okay. no one will ever know, I and... definitely won't leave all this in out of laziness. <laughs> oh, man. This is gonna be exciting. I think this is gonna be a fun way to uh, change things up a little bit, and to quote the great Plato head on commentary for AEW, you gotta give the people what they want. <laughs> <laughs> 